Marketers ruin everything. Welcome to the Everything is Marketing Podcast. What I don't want to do is to pretend this is show number one. What would the hero of your life's movie do right now? Do that. Do those things. It is the Everything is Marketing Podcast. My name is Eric Hulkerin, and this time around, we're going to talk about something that I am super passionate about and is near and dear to my heart, and it's this idea of you as the brand kind of shifting the lens by which you see the world. And I think a lot of people and a lot of brands and a lot of marketers like to see the world in this me first sort of aspect. Like you should pay attention to me because I'm a brand. You should pay attention to me because I make a widget, because I do a service, because, 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 because. And so instead, I brought my dear friend Nick Bailing in because we're going to talk about kind of a different way in which you can view your customer. Right, Nick? Yeah, that's right. Um, actually, the reason why uh, I'm kind of passionate about this is thinking about it from a, a user experience of your life, you have to kind of, what affects you, like as the, the end consumer, is really what you care about. And does this brand fit what I do is the question. And I'm acting right now as the end consumer, sure. not as the person marketing that out there. And so if I can't picture how this thing is going to work in my life or how it's going to improve what I do or how I'm going to become price insensitive about it and it's just something that is now part of the ecosystem that is me, it's something that you have to think about as the marketer talking to that person. And so what, you know, what are some ways in which you can start thinking like that? Because the, some of the ways that I frame it to people, and I know you frame it a little bit differently, which is why I wanted to bring you on, is you know, I frame it in, in a, a device setting, right? So if you are a person who from 5 p.m. till 2 a.m. is watching TV with your phone and your tablet and, 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 and then you come back into work the next day and go, how do I get people to look at stuff on a laptop, right? Like you're not paying attention to the way in which you consume the world. And that's kind of where I start from. But what are some ways that you start talking about this? Well, I actually ask it from two simple questions that lead into more, but it's two simple questions. Question one is, what do you want your customers to know? It's a simple question. It's hard to answer. And then the second question is, how do you show them? Okay. So that actually steps away from the device is as far as like, how do we show it on the laptop? How do we show it on sure. the spot? So we just take it. How do we show them? And then think about the idea of how that, like how you accomplish those tasks and then start to think, well, then how do we do that on this device? How do we do that on that device so that we are where we want to meet them? Absolutely. So can you give me like a, a concrete example maybe of how you would execute that? If you can't show them, if you're having trouble saying like what that thing is and how like what you want them to know, you have to simplify the story. Uh, I think a good example of that would be, let's say, um, oh, what are they? The ig uh, not igloo. Who's the Yeti right now? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That's how much it matters, right? right? That's how much long a brand can stick in your mind. Right. But Yeti coolers, they do that by just saying, hey, look how long the ice stays in this thing for. And they put it on every single device. They put it on YouTube. They put it on your phone. They put it on their Instagram page. So much so that if you say Yeti coolers, someone's going to say, I have one of these tumblers and I put ice in it and it stayed for 36 hours. That story doesn't matter. How long the ice stays is something that they made so much so that I can go home and replicate it and prove that they're right. Right. And then I go and tell my friends. So now you've actually stepped off the device and I have other people within the office in which I work in telling me how long their ice stays for them. <laughs> and that's a great example from Yeti. And I, and I was using this one the other day that's not quite as large scale. But in, in about 
four weeks, we're going to start to see ads both in display using the Lumascape, on YouTube, on social, wherever, of lawn care places, trying to get you to get them to hire for lawn care. And a lot of what you being in the design world, you know where this is going. A lot of them are going to be a photograph of a lawnmower and says, sign up today for 10%, right? Which, again, is me, me, me. It doesn't really talk to the, sto to the story or the customer. And instead, you know, I like to turn it around and go, well, what if that was a video? And that video was your team of people cleaning up my yard. And in the background, you see me and I'm drinking iced tea and I'm reading a book. And all the ad says is, what if you could save eight hours a month this summer? What would you do with it? Right? Like, right. I don't know what I'm going to do with that eight hours, but now you have my attention because I want to save time and not do that. Well, it's funny that you bring up the whole time concept because one of the things that a company can do is if you can make them price insensitive about what they're purchasing and there's two products doing the same, the time is something that's even more valuable to it. And that's something that people have to appreciate when we're talking social, when we're talking anything where you're doing, for the lack of a better term right now, infotainment. So when you're sure. giving them something to look at. It used to be you'd glom onto a radio program or a TV station and that was the entertainment and then you were the message. Now you have to think about yourself as you are the entertainment and they're giving you time on their newsfeed to see that and you're that. So before they even make the purchase, you have to appreciate the fact that they are giving you that time to even look at the thing that you're doing. Absolutely. And then make it worthwhile. You know, this is what I was saying in the, in the Snapchat podcast, right, is it's not it's not good enough for you to be at the top of their Instagram feed or their Facebook feed or their Snapchat feed. Because even if you're the one making content every day, if that content is hot garbage, they will stop watching you. Well, they're gonna stop watching you and you have to think about it as if, I have a personal device, it's my phone and it's my personal thing, but if I'm sitting in the room and you make something that is poignant enough that I can turn it to the person next to me and say, huh, look at this, that's a huge success because I just became, without even realizing it, an ambassador of what you do by turning my phone around and showing the person the picture, the video, the thing, the sound, the audio bite, whatever, the meme, whatever it is that you just did. And that's a huge task. So how did you land on this, right? Because, you know, just for some context, like your background is in design and designing things on in the digital ecosystem and the physical ecosystem. But this customer journey isn't necessarily something that lands in your lap, so to speak. So how did you end up here with the let's put the customer first, let's talk to the customer like the customer would want to be talked to, so forth? Well, I landed on it in a couple of ways. Um, I'm always listening to different ideas and concepts that everyone goes, but it really boiled down to, and it's actually funny, my senior, or senior thesis, got that backwards, of um, my art project that I was working on was answering the question that is a problem. So sure, I was working in the world of visual design, but I start to think about it from like, how do I design the experience for the person? And everyone likes to say, well, tell the story. Well, Pixar tells the story linear, right? Sure. At the beginning and the end of the movie, you saw the experience go through. We don't have the luxury of having that person experience it in a linear progression. They're going to be experiencing it in more of like a beehive scenario. Right. So right, yeah. you have to make sure that every time you touch them, it's a poignant thing that you're saying, but it's also part of the larger picture. And one of the, there's two problems there. Problem number one is some people want to say everything every single time they meet them. Right. Yes. And some people don't have the second thing to say. And if those are... If those are your problems, then you run into bigger problems because if, when it comes to the entertainment point, like to your point, if you're just producing hot garbage and saying the same thing over and over and over and over again, 
then the person's going to stop following you or they're going to stop paying attention to your brand and then you're just on to the next one. And, and I use this one a lot and for some people that this makes them uncomfortable, but when you talk like that, it, it just connects to my whole idea that marketing is a lot like dating or a relationship, right? You start with a cup of coffee, then you have a second cup of coffee, then maybe it's a lunch, then maybe it's a dinner, then maybe it's a movie, then, 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 right? Now, now we've made in the marketing world, we'll call that the conversion. And then to get it to advocacy, we've gotten married and first three years are amazing. And then guess what? It's hard work to keep it interesting. It's hard work to keep in love. It's hard work to keep the relationship moving on through infinity. That's the same thing as your marketing. Once you've got me and I'm, I've got a Yeti tumbler and I've done the ice experiment. Now what? Well, right? Like, cause what's, who's the next person that's going to make a tumbler of some sort that's made out of air that doesn't even need physic, you know, physicality or whatever the crazy thing is. What's the next thing that Yeti's going to do? Right? Well, what's wild about it is their, their next step of their story is that usually the thing that draws you in the first time, they're bear proof is what they'll say. They have a picture of a bear messing with it because there's a bunch of meats inside of it and that thing's doing it. And then you actually kind of venture down to the lower priced item usually, which is the tumbler. And then if you're anything like my dad who's fishing every day, he's seeing every single fishing program right now. So he's interacting with it in a different way because every time he goes on the Outdoor Life Network and they're fishing and they throw the fish into the Yeti cooler, he wants one so that he can do the same thing. Right. So so it's, it's at what level of are you doing it? And then he's seeing people that he admires use this thing and he sees that it helps their life. So now he's thinking, well, I need that for mine. And then, of course, there's always the cool factor of does it say that across it? I said it before and I like using Yeti because there isn't another igloo or another uh, thermos brand that people are wearing it on their hat across their forehead. Right. You know, like that's just it's cool enough now that you will wear a hat that says Yeti. Yes, you'll, you'll wear a cooler on your head. I mean, the only people that did anything close to that is that, like, Pfizer has people wearing Pfizer uh, jackets because of NASCAR. Yeah, and I think some of this, and this is not what we're going to do on this podcast. Maybe we'll, you and I will do it at a different time. But some of this stems from what Red Bull started to do in the late 80s into the 90s where they turned they made a lifestyle brand mostly before anyone even knew what that was so people were wearing red bull stuff when it was only available overseas and then when it came over here it had a little bit of a lure in it right like did it have cocaine right there was all the crazy stories that they had built up to tell what the product can do for you and then yeah you've got people wearing red bull hats where they weren't wearing pepsi hats or mountain dew hats or any of that stuff well yeah and actually if you know anything about red bull they've been around since the 60s in thailand yep and they were little glass bottles that you would drink and truckers would drink them to stay up at night and then they said hey we should use that but it's really hard to sell carbonated sweet beverages if there's no story behind it and they said well let's just throw that on the action sports world because adrenaline action makes sense and it makes go. sense now yeah didn't make sense then but they knew what they were doing right it's not serendipity that they got to where they were they did all the hard work and and made the story and that's really what you need to do and you do that by to your point when you jump in the action sports world all of your messaging has to tell that story over and over and over again and i think when you look at pepsi mountain dew's done a halfway decent job doing that but they're not red bull and right. they're not even monster really which i don't i mean like regardless of what you think of the taste of those things from a marketing perspective mountain dew hasn't really done what those other two have done in the action sports world although has for a big 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 brand has done a fairly decent job yeah well, you know, it's one of those things, that I, and not to just totally throw off the line of uh, thought that we're on, but like you have to be sitting there and thinking this whole time from a moment of empathy. What is that person feeling when they first are introduced to your brand? 
how are you fixed? I mean, I'm just trying to bring this back to the point of like yeah. going back to not being the hero of this thing. You're not the person doing something awesome, but you can sell that potential in the fact of Red Bull, or you can say we understand and that we can go about it that way by just saying, look, right now you're hungry and I have a solution, which is pizza. And actually Domino's uh, in the last, what was it 2010 when they came out with the, hey, we know our pizza sucks. Yep. Right. That was them empathizing with the customer by saying, well, why aren't people buying it? They didn't double down and just say, keep buying our pizza. And at that point, they'd be just a value brand by just throwing the best coupon possible. Well, and, and I had a friend tell me this this parable or analogy, and I think it fits perfect with what they did. You know, Domino's didn't say, we understand. They said, we agree. Right. We agree that our pizza sucks and we're going to fix it. And that was all it took to save that brand. They didn't go, we, under, we empathize with the fact that you think our product is terrible. They went, nope. Our product is terrible. We're going to fix it, and we're going to help you bring you back at all costs. We're going to, and then you look in the last three years, all that they've done in the tech space. They're now leading the charge in the pizza world for pizza emoji ordering and any sort of digital facing ordering. They're the ones that everyone's now chasing. Right. Well, it it kind of boils down to if if you're going to do it, it's it's the Yoda analogy. You're not the Luke Skywalker of this. You're not the brand. You're not the Luke Skywalker going through, which, you know, if you're in the Star Wars realm and understand sure. it, you're going to be the Yoda of that. You're going to be the one that says, no, that's not the way. This isn't. You either are or you aren't. Like, right. go this way. And he establishes his brand identity. And he doesn't do much in the films. Right? <laughs> right. Like, he doesn't. He sits there. He's a puppet, and especially in the original ones. Right? right. He's not yes. actually doing stuff. Right. So think about yourself that way. He's one of the most poignant, most iconic characters of the entire series. He really doesn't do that much, right? Nope. He, so. he eats a hot dog and sits in a hut for most of the second movie. <laughs> Nick Bailing, as a pleasure, uh, as always. If people want to reach out to you, how do they do that? Um, you can always find me on Instagram at nbailing. nbailing. And you can get me, uh, Eric, at mlive.com. It is the Everything is Marketing podcast.